is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. Do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. i write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show where we talk about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, the live fire fun and provolable show. If this is the night where you think you are going to get it. No, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Okay, all right. I haven't done that in a long time. It's also very, very embarrassing. Notwithstanding that, if you think you're jumping in tonight, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQ Central Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central and here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It's the first Tuesday of a month, if you can believe it. The last month of quarter number three begins tonight, and we will be joined by the co-creator of How to Barbecue Right, our pal, our friend, our barbecue sensei, Malcolm Reed, will be joining me. We're going to be talking about college football. We'll be talking about NFL football. We'll be talking about fantasy draft football, which I still, for the life of me, don't understand why anybody does that. But all of these things are related to live fire and barbecue and menu items. So we get a peek into Malcolm's life. But outside of that, you'll get some great tips and some suggestions on what you might want to have this coming weekend as the NFL season gets ready to kick off. Of course, this past weekend, we saw college football, which I guess technically was week two. The week before that was week zero, and now this is week one. It's very confusing. I don't know why they want to do that either. But there was a second week of college football, I guess. And this coming weekend will be the first week of NFL football. And who do we find pitted against each other, as luck would have it? The Panthers and the Cleveland Browns. It had so much more drama until Deshaun Watson was suspended for 11 games. It's backed off the drama factor. Baker Mayfield is really jazzed up for as much as he's saying that he's not. 
He really wants to win. He feels he was wronged. A lot of people in this here city behind me think he was wrong too. Thinks we should have kept him. Thinks we should not have gotten Deshaun Watson. Even holding all the sex mischievousity aside, they thought we should have stayed with Baker. Time will tell, and we're not even going to see our quarterback for 11 games, so who even cares about this season for the Browns? I don't. Poor, uh, Poor Kareem Hunt, poor Nick Chubb, poor Miles Garrett, all languishing with a potential non-playoff football season again in 2022 going into 2023. But this isn't a sports talk show. This is a barbecue show. So after Malcolm, I will have a open segment. For what? If you're following me on social media, I've been talking about it for almost a week, and reports coming out of Memphis have been coming fast and furious for well over a week, and that would be what? The potential non-event of Memphis and May for next year. Oh, there's loads of stuff going on. I've reached out to the powers that be on both the parks side of things, which are responsible for Tom Lee Park, and then there's the Memphis and May International Festival side, which I've also reached out to. I have official statements from the parks side. Nothing from Memphis and May at this point. However, CEO was quoted in a number of news articles, which I'll talk about. And also this past Thursday, the 2022 annual report and financial impact information was released. That had a whole bunch of great little topics in there that we'll cover. So if you're not up to speed, if you didn't know that Memphis and May is in serious jeopardy, well, guess what? Memphis and May is in serious jeopardy from taking place next year. They say it's going to be in Tom Lee Park, but is it? It's really not a cheap event to do the way it has been for the last however many years since the early to mid-80s. has the potential to be the most expensive event ever on the face of the earth if things hold out the way they've been ballyhooed about over the last week. So I'll get you up to speed, 35 past the first hour. Then we'll close it up. We'll go to the second hour. And who do we find opposite Malcolm Reed in the first hour? Well, in the same slot in the second hour, it's our friend Sam the Cooking Guy. (laughs) Sam's going to be talking about a knife giveaway. So if you're a fan of his show on YouTube, you have the opportunity to win a knife. We'll also talk about some recent recipes that included a fried poached egg or a poached... Can't say poached fried egg. Doesn't work both ways. A fried poached egg, amongst other things, and closing the show. I'm excited for this one. I hope you're going to be just as excited as me. You know I've gotten into the animation business, right? I've taken some bits of shows from months and years past, animated them, but I found an animator. His name is Damian Rodriguez. You would find him on Instagram and Twitter and... Snapchat and all those other things under the name Doodles and Things making his world debut probably anywhere 17 year old animation phenom Damian Rodriguez joining us to close the show tonight I'm very excited now look am I typically nervous when I'm interviewing somebody that's 17 well considering I have a 17 year old at my house and you all have seen her before with what I would call a basic lack of command of the English language. But sure, of course. I'm very worried. However, little sound check last night. 
I know it's not the lights and the feel of the big show as it is on a Tuesday, but he was very conversational. We had a little bit of a rundown on what I was going to be asking him so we can game plan a little bit. Am I expecting the world's best interview out of a 17-year-old? Of course not. However, a couple of years ago, Angel Todd won the SCA cook-off at Hartville Hardware, and she came back on the show the subsequent Tuesday and knocked it out of the park so much so that she made it into the Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. That's how much she rocked it out. So there has been precedent set where a quote-unquote minor can come in and knock it out of the park as it relates to interview segments. So Damian Rodriguez will help me close it out here this evening. Doodles and things if you want to check out his work or if it's your first time watching the show and you've never seen our animations here, he's the guy that does them all. Except for the Chad Ward one. Some other guy did that, but I don't even use him anymore because Damien is my guy. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, at BBQ Central Show. Live video feeds also available on Facebook and Twitch, slash BBQ Central Show, and also over on YouTube where there's a rowdy chat, slash RD Rempy. Audibly available as well, and we say good evening to our audio partner clubhouse so if you'd rather listen and not watch which i certainly understand get the clubhouse app search my name and away you go so let's start here this evening last week during the open of the show i totally blew past the fact that i was a guest on my other favorite barbecue and baseball podcast aptly titled baseball and bbq not barbecue bbq Hosts Len and Jeff asked me about the current cost of barbecue meat. We also talked about restaurants and some other live fire topics as well. Len also put me in a first ever baseball and BBQ game show in a pseudo honor of the game shows that I will do here on this show off the cuff. That was fun. We also talked quite a bit about Cleveland Guardians baseball and where the team was at that point. Now, the show's been out for a couple weeks, so it's a bit dated. I did the appearance, and the Gardos decided to go on a bed-shitting streak. So it's still a little murky as it relates to where the Guardians are now and where they might be by the end of the month, especially as two of their starting pitchers just hit the IR. But time will tell. And nevertheless, if you want to hear me as a guest and you also like to hear about baseball in conjunction with BBQ, this is the show for you. All right, Malcolm Reed is in the green room. We'll get to him here in just one second. Before we do that, guess what, folks? Week 10 started with me and my pal David McDowell over at the Do Wellness and David Leans program, the website right now, because you got to want to get on it sooner than later. Get it going here as we round out Q3, getting into Q4. New year, new you. Get it done in advance. Why not? DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. As I had mentioned, I'm in week 10. The last number of weeks I've been giving you my weekly updates. The weight dropped down. Yes, but now we're on week number two of packing on muscle, trying to scales in the other direction. I'm really putting David through his paces to see if his programs work. So we knocked off about 13 pounds, 14 pounds, and now we are trying to put it back in a muscle setting, in a ripped muscle setting, potentially. 
That's up to me. So we've revamped the diet. We had our check-in. We looked over the pictures. We talked about eating. We talked about steps. We talked about water consumption, all the good stuff. Did I cheat? Did I not cheat? Now we've done a little revamp of the diet. More calories coming in, more protein shakes, more of the stuff that I like. And remember, my need to have extravagant food choices is not for me. I can eat the same thing every day. I do it. I don't even have to think about it. It's great. It's magic for me. And the best part is it's working. And if I have any questions, I text David or I'll call him. Now, he doesn't answer all the time right away, but he'll call me back later that evening. We talk about what my concerns are. I'm telling you, this is the way to go. And it works because I'm actually doing it. I'm a testament because I'm in week 10. We're packing it on. We'll see how it goes. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up. Now, is 200 bucks a month too much to help you trim out and get a little bit more healthy? Come on. You can do it. I'm paying 200 bucks a month. It's worth it. We will talk with Malcolm Reed coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other products they have to add a little smoky goodness to whatever it is you're cooking on your cookers. Some of those things can be used in things that aren't pellet cookers as well. So multifunctional, multi-use, cookapellets.com. My next guest can be found over on the YouTubes. How to Barbecue Right, co-creator, pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team. Approaching 1.5 million YouTube subscribers at last check. We race to the hotline and welcome back monthly guest to the show, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. Hey, Greg, what's happening, man? I am excited to be talking with you this evening here, Malcolm. We are entering in the end of quarter number three. September will close it out, and then we'll race to Q4. As I said in January, 2022 rapidly coming to a close, and people laughed at me, but here we are, 2022 indeed rapidly coming to a close. This past weekend, Labor Day, yesterday technically, Labor Day, Big deal for you, and if so, what's on the menu at the Reed household? Well, we kicked off dove season down here in the south, so we went to camp and uh, had a big dove hunt. Uh, the weather was kind of screwy. It rained on us. But <clears throat> we cooked a bunch of good stuff. I mean, of course, we cooked dove because we killed some birds, but we cooked duck gravy. We cooked uh, bologna grilled cheese sandwiches on the Blackstone. We we even deep fried some viney sausages. I bet you never had that. No, I haven't, but I would imagine that outside <laughs> crisps up really nice. It was like a mini little viney pronto pup. <laughs> now, 
Labor Day signifies the end of grilling season for a lot of folks, unfortunately. Well, they'll literally pack up their grills or smokers and stick them in the garage or the shed or put a tarp over them and not even think about them again until Labor Day of 2023. But with the entrance of fall coming soon, we're seeing the start of, as I'd mentioned in the open, a new college football season, which technically is in its second week. A new NFL season starts this coming weekend. And as you had just mentioned, uh, the start of many different hunting seasons for those folks that are into that. So is it safe to say that this time of year, fall-ish, is Malcolm's favorite time of year? I would say so. You know, I think it's coming out of the summer because I'm, you know, I put my smokers up in the summer for for like, you know, midways July till right after school starts back. Uh, you know, we usually squeeze in some vacation, so I don't do as much cooking. So it's like I just got them back out. And, I, you know, football season, hunting season, those are big to me. And every year I kick off football foods and try to do some stuff. I mean, people are, you know, tailgating, cooking at home for football parties. Mentioned fantasy football in the intro earlier. That's all stuff that we do down here. So, I mean, and it all revolves around barbecue and grilling. I'm remiss because I didn't mention this right at the beginning of the segment. Got to thank you here. Malcolm Reed outfitting your host tonight. Oh. <laughs> Got the wingman t-shirt. What's that all about? I love the, you know, I, I thought it kind of went with the Top Gun thing. They, yes. You know, they come out with Top Gun 2 finally after after many, many years. Um, and I just thought it went with it. You know, I love chicken wings and football season. And how come, I mean, why can't wingman have a shirt? So let's go. So sport. that's my take on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love it. Uh, totally screams Top Gun. Obviously, it's it's got that uh, movie logo to it. But who doesn't love a good chicken wing, especially this time of year? I mean, chicken wings are good any time of year, of course, we're huge fans of chicken wings. I know you and I are. But especially at this stage of the game, this is when chicken wings really shine. Let's turn sports talk show just for a second. My boss actually has a daughter that goes to Ole Miss. I think she's starting her technical second year, although she might be a little bit older as far as credits are concerned or a little further along. What's the team look like this year? Um, You know, we've got a win first week, but... We got a little quarterback issue there. So, um, my son just told me at dinner a while ago that, you know, they're, they pulled a quarterback dad. Lane's starting a new quarterback. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, they're, they're going to be pretty solid. Are they going to, you know, be able to beat Alabama? I don't know. That's, that's the, that's the one in, in the West that we're really worried about. But AM looked pretty good too. So are you a college football fan outside of Ole Miss? You like other teams? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, of course I am. I've lo- I think college. I like college better than I like pros. Honestly, really. I think there's just more spirit. I like there's more spirit there. There's more energy in the stands. It's. I mean, it's so much fun. And those kids. I mean, I think they play super hard. Um, it's just. I don't know. It's just something about college football. I've always been drawn to. Drawn to. And I love pros too. Um, but it's. I don't know. It's something about Saturdays being able to watch all those games from the time you get up to. So after you decide to go to bed that day, it's it's just a, that's the way we spend our Saturdays. Are you in agreement with that institution of the NIL? Uh, you know something had to be done because these schools are making a ton of money, and the kid. I mean, yeah, the kids are getting an education, but um, you know, I, I think I think there's a right way to do it, and that's 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 a start. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, is it on the level of being called a pro athlete where you're getting paid for what you're doing? Uh, yes, yeah, somewhat. But, I mean, 
I'm not a big fan of all the rules that the NCAA has. So, Malcolm of course, Reed. Ole Miss gets spanked all the time. <laughs> Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. HowToBBQRight.com, his website, and the Pitmaster Killer Hogs competition team. Uh, NFL-wise, Malcolm, you've been a longtime fan of the Minnesota Vikings. So how do you see them rolling out this season? Uh, you know, I don't know. We we got a good chance for the North. I'll say that. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about the Bears. Not worried about <laughs> Green Bay this year. Not really worried about the Lions. So I think we got a good chance there. But it's a uh, it's going to be a tough year. Is that Kirk Cousins? It is, and he's not. He's not going to lose you a game. I'll say that Kirk's not going to lose you a game. Is he going to come back and win you one? That's to be seen. But we got some decent wide receivers. Uh, Cooks. I mean, he's getting on up there. He's that's you know that's that's where it hinges. If he has a healthy season and can can get some touchdowns and rush for over a thousand yards, we'll have a good year. But I'm really worried about the defense. We're young, mm. so we got to we got to see if these guys can play. Has Cousins got five more seasons in him? Do you think is he the quarterback of the foreseeable future? I, I don't see it, Greg. I really don't. I don't see that. And they're giving these quarterbacks some outrageous contracts. And I don't know if it's just because there's no no talent out there or what to? the deal is. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I feel for you, man. Yeah. I am going to be watching that Carolina-Cleveland game because I kind of want to see what Baker's going to do. I mean, he got shafted. Fair, fair to say he got shafted. Yeah. So, I mean, Cleveland hung up this season. I mean. I, I was so excited until – the suspension came down, and then it felt like a huge letdown. You know, holding aside whatever your feelings are about Deshaun Watson is, you know, completely separate to where this potential first game of the season was going to be. You have your two starting quarterbacks, Carolina, and if the Browns have Watson, I think you have perhaps the most watched first game in NFL history, at least over the last ten or fifteen years. Everybody across the country is going to be tuning in because. A lot of people here in Cleveland, like you said, feel that Baker Mayfield got completely shafted. They thought he showed a lot of heart and a lot of testicular fortitude going out there last season with the bad non-throwing shoulder and playing through all that pain. Had a terrible year, by the way, and the winds were down, and I can make an argument on you know why they decided to move on. Now, who they moved on to, again, up for debate, I would say, I mean, from a talent perspective, Malcolm, would you say that Deshaun Watson is supremely more talented than Baker Mayfield or no? You know, I don't know. I mean, he was he was good in Houston, but I, I mean, I don't know if it was that much of an upgrade. I mean, I feel like if you're going to hang your hat on somebody, you know, young or something or something like that, maybe go with somebody that can actually play this year. <laughs> I mean, that's hanging, that's hanging up a lot of games to put a season off like that. The guy's been away from the – this will be almost two full seasons, right? Yeah. Yep. That he's not played football, so we'll see. Have you had the fantasy football draft yet? I have. I have. That's uh, Really, I play fantasy football for the draft. I've got some buddies that I've been doing it with for a long time, you know, almost 20 years, and it's uh, the draft day is what I like. Uh, this, you know, Managing a team all season long and making moves and all that stuff, I, I'm usually too busy to keep up with it and, you know, I get a lot of other things going on on the weekends with barbecue and hunting season and stuff like that where I can't just, you know, stay stay in some stats and make these changes as soon as the games happen and stuff. But I got a decent team. I I kind of went different this year. I took a lot of rookies as backups to try to gamble on some people because we're doing this keeper league where you get two teams. You get you get two players that you keep every year. 
and my guys are kind of transitioning out. I've had them for about three or four seasons, so it's time for me to get some new fresh blood in there. So I'm, I'm going to try a different strategy. You don't pay Michael kind of 20 Cleveland. bucks to, uh, to keep your team together and manage? You know, so this year, um, I let him be the commissioner of another league, okay. so he's going to learn. He's he's in a learning mode, ah. and so I'm trying to bring him and teach him how to play fantasy football. What I know, you know, so hopefully next year he'll be ready to take over for me. What kind of a menu are you putting out for the guys there? Uh, well, our 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 league is called Ribs and Whiskey, so we have multiple bottles of whiskey, and we usually always have ribs. But you got to have chicken wings, man. We brought out the nacho machine that we have here at the shop, and I cooked some pork butt so we could make barbecue nachos. And it's the, it's typical football fare stuff that you would think that would go with the uh, you know football setting. So. Did I miss a lot of cold beer? Did I miss the notice on something called barbecue spaghetti? Oh, that was, uh, <laughs> we do these inner office competitions here, like friendly competitions for p- people that work with us. And so if you, if you get last place, you get to pick the next, you know, contest we're going to do. So I guess Tyler was sick of getting beat and he was last place the time before in the margarita contest mm-hmm. and he picked pasta. He knew he had a ringer. Well, as soon as he picked pasta, I knew I was doing barbecue spaghetti, and I don't even think anybody was close to me. Is that a southern thing? I, uh, it's a Memphis thing. It's Bar- you know, barbecue they, spaghetti. I think uh, the barbecue spaghetti. The way it started was um, some of these. Uh, There's barbecue restaurants, of course, in Memphis since it's been a town, and um, there was one particular guy that had a barbecue joint that wanted a different side besides your coleslaw, your potato salad, your stuff like that. So he come up with the idea of doing barbecue spaghetti on his menu, and it took off. People went crazy about it. You don't see it. I don't know if I've seen it anywhere outside of Memphis, really, or a Memphis-type joint, but it's a, it's a side dish on a lot of uh, barbecue places here in the Memphis area. Is it pulled pork or beef or what? Um, the way I do it, I usually put some ground beef or ground sausage in the, in the meat sauce. But to the meat sauce, to the tomatoes, I add tomato uh, barbecue sauce as well because it's tomato-based. <laughs> so it has a little sweet vinegary aspect. And then um, you top it. Well, I chop. I use two pounds of pulled pork. Uh, one pound gets chopped and mixed in the meat, the meat sauce with the ground meat too and all the other stuff that goes with the spaghetti sauce. <laughs> and then when you plate it all up, you usually do pasta, sauce over it, or you can mix that and you plate it. And then you shred like the best parts of the pork butt over the top <laughs> and drizzle it with a little more barbecue sauce. So it's a meat loaded spaghetti. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and it's have- not a side. I do it as, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I do it as a main dish. I do it as a main dish, Greg. I don't do it as a side dish. It's a hearty stick to you. We had spaghetti Sunday night and I, I just happened to fall over barbecue spaghetti somewhere uh, it was either on your youtube page or on one of the social media things and i was like damn i had a couple bags of of uh, frozen vacuum packed pulled pork that i could have brought back to life and some hot water for half an hour or so and tried my hand at barbecue spaghetti on some two unwitting guests that came over to the <laughs> house that were expecting normal spaghetti so i'm gonna have to try that out next time um I'm going to do a much deeper dive into this topic next segment with my own findings and some journal work that I've done over the past week. However, Memphis in May is a contest that you obviously hold in very high regard, one that you and the team did quite well in this past year and subsequent years as well. 
What's the word on the street that you're hearing, <clears throat> and what have other teams told you about the event for next year if some of these reports hold true? Well, really, we we don't know a whole lot. I mean, I know you've I heard you talking about some of the research, and it was in a news cycle here for a good 24 hours, and then it just kind of went silent. But um, what we're hearing is that you know they've redone this, they've redone Tomley Park. That was the whole reason for moving Memphis and May last year. And with the new remodel, they can't house as many, they can't host as many teams. I think it's going down from, it's going down by like 65 to 80 teams, which takes it down to like 150, 160 max. Um, they have this huge damage deposit, like a, think of it as like a bond, I guess they're wanting the, the Memphis and May organization to purchase to ensure they can fix back the park. And it was like a million point four dollars. And they talked about splitting that money up between the teams that's going to be there. So it put our damage deposit at $7,800, you know, that we're going to have to come up with in addition to uh, entry fees, electricity, everything that it takes to do this contest, which is astronomical anyway. And so that's what's got the teams really, really worried is that who, I mean, who can afford that? I can't, you know, I can't afford that much of a damage deposit uh, that I know that I'm not going to get back. You know, it depends. I mean, there's a chance of it. I mean, who could put up eight grand just to set, in an account because we have to get those applications in by deadline. It's going to sit there till May. I mean, somebody's making interest off that money. What's mm. what's going on here? And how are you putting it on the teams' backs? I don't know, man. It's it's really. I think it's putting a bad taste, um, and not in what Memphis and May do, is doing. It's what you know what that new Parks Commission, whatever they're called, is doing in the city of Memphis. That's who's making it look bad. But it's hurting everybody, not just barbecue teams. It's hurting the city of Memphis with all the revenue that's made from people coming to Memphis in May. I mean, to all the tourists that love to come see our, the city and it's, you know, it's kind of a lose lose for everybody. Cause I mean, not having it at Tom Lee park um, would be a travesty because that's what Memphis and May the barbecue fest is. It's on the banks of the river. It's at the foot of bill street. It's the scenery with the sun setting over the river river to the West. So I don't know, man, we're, I'm really worried about it. At $8,000, is there anybody that you could think of that would bite that bullet just to say, or let me ask a better question. On any given normal year, for your team, how much is your expense outlay? I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, so we we spend a decent amount of money. I would say our budget's between $7,500 to $10,000 for one contest, which is astronomical. There's no other contest that we spend that much money on. But that's total budget for, I'm talking entries, meat, beer, you know, everything, everything. That, everything that we do that whole week, hotels, everything that we do for guests coming in. So that's, and that's a pretty big budget. Now, for, for an average team, I would say four or $5,000 is a pretty big budget. Um, and so you can you know, do the math on that. Who's got an extra eight grand laying there to do it? Now, who would do it? These corporate teams. I think those are the ones that would shell out the money and not think twice about it. Hmm. I've heard teams that are spending, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars just in hotel rooms to bring people in. Another eight grand to those people is probably just a write off item. But, but those aren't any for teams. Us, th those aren't any teams that we would know that have a real shot at winning. It's not Big Bob Gibson. It's not Myron. It's not you. It's not the shed. Uh, um, the guys that just wanted this uh, a blues hog. I mean, those are that, that's different. Those guys would probably not come for that. Oh, I, I, I can imagine. That's the that's the ones that I when I think of the ones that have a shot to win. They're not gonna they're not gonna pay that much money for you know. There's just no way. There's no way. Uh, so we'll I can see. see the only way I can see it if they turn it into like a. A rib fest, like you know, you've seen these big rib fest cookoffs where where there's ten teams and they, you know, 
they they make two or three hundred thousand dollars selling meat to the public, an eight thousand dollar deposit to those guys is probably feasible. But to somebody doing what we're doing, just trying to win a barbecue contest, it, it's not going to happen that way. But turning Memphis in May into a rib burner fest would be a travesty in its own right, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. I don't think it would be near the same. Would it draw people? I would think these other cities, and maybe that's what they're doing with the you know the one they have in Chicago and the Windy Sea Smokeout, the one they have out in you know in Kansas City. They have they're having these big events where they charge the public and. It's more of about a festival than it is a contest, and um, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm specul total speculation. I haven't talked to anybody. I'm just we're you know uh, as a team we're all kind of upset. It's it's come down to this. Uh, Malcolm, last question before I let you go and appreciate the time. In regards to the YouTube channel, how is it going currently? And um, as far as new content, are you finding it hard to continue to come up with? new stuff to talk about uh well we've kind of not hard we've switched directions because we're seeing trends in the short video content we're growing our shorts channel on youtube uh astronomically i mean we we ran that channel up to over a hundred thousand subscribers super fast mm -hmm. and that's where people are starting to get their content is um with tiktok and shorts so we're doubling down on that shorter form content i still make youtube videos um, you know, I don't release them as often. I'm not trying to do a weekly release with YouTube just because the eyeballs aren't there as much anymore. <laughs> uh, people are watching most of it on mobile devices. So we're playing around with vertical uh, vertical shot footage that we can use across multiple platforms. Um, you know, it's just, it, it changes. And you, as, as uh, someone that's been doing this for a while, you have to adapt and change with it or you'll lose your views. So what we've, what we're seeing declines in long form YouTube video we're seeing upticks in all the short short uh, form stuff. So that's kind of where we're playing right now. Is the drawback <clears throat> in the shorter stuff? I remember you do a YouTube video. It could go 35, 40 minutes. I mean, my YouTube videos suck because it's just a, a quick archive of the show. It's two hours. It's everything that YouTube hates, and that's why I get a couple hundred views, and that's it. But people that are fans of the show that want to see this segment that we're doing, or they want to put a visual on one of the animations that Damien did for me, they'll go back and, and find it and I get a view, but I'm out of the, the thing that wins YouTube, your previous videos, uh, saying the cooking guy video somewhere that lives in that 14 to, to 20 minutes seemed to be where everybody was winning. You still had some time to go through process, but now if you're at a minute or two minutes, is the downside that you're not able to really give that insider information or those real good tips and tricks that you would be able to in what's a longer 14-minute video that used to be an hour? I, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I don't think you get as, there's much. If you're a fan of cooking and learning from it and the tips and tricks and, and seeing the process, you're not seeing that in short form. It's basically a catchy intro a little bit of cooking and prep and then showing what it's like at the end and it's on to the next one. Mm. So are you learning something from that? No, but I think people get entertained from it and it gives them ideas. So what we do is we look at those that really hit and we talk, we start thinking about, okay, how can we do a long, longer form video of what we just did that people really wanted to see so we can push or have that content out there too, because you're going to have a certain amount of your viewers that want to see the long form. They want the whole thing because they're watching it for you. 
and to learn something. Yep. But that's you know that's what that's what those do. So we've got a core people that still watch those long form videos and love them and communicate with us. But then you've got the people that the younger it's really the younger generation, Greg. That's they've lost that attention span where they just want to get through it and get to the next one. They want to be swiping. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show as he does each and every month. You can find him at howtobbqwrite.com and, of course, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team. Make sure you subscribe to him on YouTube if you haven't already. Catch the long form, catch the shorts, catch what's all making Malcolm the star when it comes to barbecue on social media. Malcolm, always appreciate the time, and we will see you in October. Yes, sir. Glad to see you, Greg. We'll see you next month. All right, there he is, Malcolm Reed right there. It is so incredible to see where YouTube has gone in five years. My guest in the second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy, used to do a live video. And it would go an hour and a half. Sometimes it would go longer than that. And they stopped doing it because they realized that only kooks like me and eight other people would actually tune in, watch it live. And it was as good as any cooking show. It was better than any cooking show. It was like a radio show and a cooking show all in one. First half of the show, it was just Sam sitting at a table talking about news of the day or a cooking trend or something like this. And then they would transition, go into the cooking portion of the show. It was great. I loved it. But I was like the only one of 10 people that actually loved it like that. And then all of a sudden, they retool. They go to three times a week. They're in that... 15 minute, 20 minute or less time frame. And now they're closing in on 4 million YouTube subscribers. So obviously, as is the case, usually I'm wrong and the majority is right. But to see it go down to a minute or less is crazy. I can't believe that things have changed that much. But again, to live in hypocrisy, which I always love to do. Even when I put in my Instagram or uh, now the, the reels on Instagram, those get incredible traction. Thousands and thousands of views and watches and stuff that I wouldn't get on something longer form like this. So always appreciate Malcolm and having him give us his insights on cooking and social and videos and all that fun stuff. Some new folks piling into the YouTube chat room. Happy to see everybody here. Before we get to the updates of Memphis in May, because I have them, and I'll get you right up to speed so you know what I know, I'll talk to you quickly about Bub and Mothers. So many people, as I mentioned talking to Malcolm, look at Labor Day as the end of all things summer, yet some of the nicest barbecue weather is still to come. Indian summer brings a lot of warm weekends to gather, grill and watch football, and Bub and Mothers can bring the flavor you and your guests deserve. Not only is it 100% natural, it has less salt than many of the bottles that you'll find on most shelves. Less salt means you can add more flavor by adding more rub and not worrying about oversalting your meats or side dishes. More spice, less salt also means the rub goes a lot further. They last longer. They're just a better value. Want some new ideas? Head on over to the website. B-U-B, the letter N, M-U-T-H-A-S bubbinmothers.com and click on the What's Cooking link. There you will find some recipes for the rubs, including make your own barbecue sauce, wings that bite back, their soon-to-be-famous redneck aioli, 
and their barbecue margarita, to name just a few. Right now, until they run out, everyone who orders a four-pack of their rubs, just $24.95. That's right, four-pack for just $24.95. You can get one of their special t-shirts absolutely free, which is rule number three of the show. If it's free, it's me. Just enter the code, the letter B, the numeral four, the letter G, the letter O, B. 4GO in the promo box to check out and tell them which shirt and what size of the note box. And remember, every purchase creates an added donation to a veteran charity. As a veteran-owned company, they are proud of their service, continued support of all who wear the uniform. Bub and Mother's Downey's Dinner Dust made with real maple syrup crystals and fresh roasted ground espresso and their Honey and Heat adding honey crystals and Chipotle. Both create flavors that only your taste buds can appreciate. The website, once again, is bubandmothers.com. That's B-U-B, the letter N, M-U-T-H-A-S, bubandmothers.com. But don't forget about the buy the four-pack and get a free T-shirt. Use code B, the numeral four, G-O. The letter B, the numeral four, G-O. B four, go. And the promo box at checkout. And again, tell them what shirt you want and what size. Memphis in May 2023. What's it going to look like? Where are we sitting? We'll catch up all next. Stick around. Be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Malcolm Reed for joining us last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home. You're in luck. Fireboard 2 is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call them and ask questions 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard Pro. Quint Nelson weighing in on the YouTube controversy that Malcolm and I were just talking about. I'd rather watch a longer video than those shorts. I rarely watch shorts. Forget it. Quentin, a related story. I rarely wear shorts. <laughs> Don't make me stand up. <laughs> Let's talk about Memphis in May. Give you a little background. Give you a little current update. Now, this week has been going on. Or this week. This has been going on for a week or so. Or at least that's when it hit my radar. I've seen a few online news articles going back to late June of this year. But let's set the stage here, give you the info, and then what I've been told from both sides. And then we can make our own informed decisions, create our own opinions, and then argue them back and forth until we can't stand each other. And then we take our balls and go home. First, players in the game. On one side, you have the Memphis in May International Festival. And on the other side, you have what is known as the Memphis River Parks Partnership 
or as I will call it from here on out, MRPP, Memphis River Parks Partnership. Now, by contact, here's what I did. Hit the internet, saw a bunch of articles coming out of Memphis, all regurgitating much the same stuff. And I said, I'm going to get in touch with Memphis and May. I'm going to get in touch with the Memphis River Parks Partnership and try and get official statements from each of them. I sent off roughly the same email to each individual organization. I did get emails back from both. However, the Memphis and May contact for me, a guy by the name of Randy Blevins, He's the vice president of marketing and programming for the Memphis in May International Festival. That's what it's called. Not just the Memphis in May barbecue event or contest, but the Memphis in May International Festival. And the MRPP contact that I managed to make is a fella by the name of George Abbott. And he is the director of external affairs. I don't know if that's just a fancy term for media guy or the guy that answers any media questions that come in. But those are the two people that got back in touch with me after I'd sent out that initial email that said, Hey, why not give us a little info on what's exactly going on? Or I'm reading a lot of these news articles. What's true? What's not? Where's your stance? What's the official word? So, there are a number of items that are going on here. I'm going to do my best to try and get to the boilerplate issues. And I've reached out, again, to both parties mentioned above. I'll let you know what they've told me here in a second. So, number one, Tom Lee Park, which, as Malcolm said last segment, is where the Memphis and May International Festival has been taking place for decades. I think the first one was early to mid-80s, and up until last year, it had always been in Tom Lee Park. This past year, it moved to Tiger Alley or wherever it was, but Tom Lee Park was not the place it was held because it's undergoing renovation. So, due to this extensive renovation, Memphis and May goes to that alternate location. Through a news report, the CEO of Memphis and May, a guy by the name of Jim Holt, declares at a meeting just this past Thursday that there will be a Memphis and May in Tom Lee Park 2023. He then goes on to talk about the incredible increase in deposits for repairs after the event is done going from a $53,000 deposit for repair to, as Malcolm had mentioned, $1.4 million. Couple that with the brewing disagreement from both sides on how big the park is actually going to be for that event. In 2023, Memphis and May says the park is going to be roughly 40% smaller than it was previous to the renovation being made. That means instead of 230 teams able to compete. The new team max number is 150 teams. Uh -oh. That's sizably less. I'm no mathematician, but rough math tells me that's 80 teams less that will now share that burden. 
According to MRPP, the Memphis River Parks Partnership, the size of the park is not going to change. Is not. Andrew, you are not the park. The size of the park isn't going to change, and it will still total 30 acres in size. Now, does that mean the new 30 acres is still the same usable 30 acres as it was before? I don't know. It doesn't say in any report. It just says the size of the park is going to be the same. There's also a report that MRPP has since reduced their $1.4 million deposit fee requirement to $375,000. Still a market increase over the $53,000 deposit that that had been used to at Memphis and May to roughly $322,000 more, but down from one point four. Both sides have said they want this event to go back to Tom Lee Park. However, there does seem to be some sticking points that aren't clearly defined at this point, which might hinder Memphis and May from continuing to happen as early as next year. Moving to a new location was done this year, as I had mentioned a few minutes ago. It was not a financially viable option. It was not a financially successful move. This year, the event was operated at a $2.23 million loss in Tiger Alley. So simply saying that the remedy for Memphis and May is just to move this event to an alternate location. That's not necessarily the right answer either. Seems like the easiest answer, but after trying it this year, because the park was under renovation and they had to go somewhere else, they quickly realized being that far away from the normal area of holding this event makes you operate as a loser. $2.23 million loser, in case you just missed that. Now, I did reach out to both sides for their official statements. The first reply I got back was from George Abbott who's from the MRPP. I wrote him asking about the non-refundable $7,800 deposit that has been smacked all across these news stories that were coming out of Memphis. This is was his reply back to me, and I quote, Hi, Greg. There is a distinction to make between the refundable damage deposit that is held in an escrow for the event's and the non-refundable fee that Memphis and May charges participants and teams. As the agency tasked with maximizing the riverfront on behalf of the city and the public, we must protect public property so any private event taking place in the park must pay a damage deposit. But it's fully refundable with only damages caused being charged. With $61 million invested into Tom Lee Park, there is a lot more that could be damaged during the event. The amount of the deposit is contingent on things like festival layout, fencing, planting areas, and places like playgrounds, which would help to minimize the prospect of damage, serving to both minimize the Memphis and May deposit and protect the public investment. Following the festivals, third party jointly selected by the partnership and Memphis and May assesses and quotes the cost of repair with the remainder with the remainder of the deposit returned to the festival organizers. 
but I understand that Memphis and May has communicated to its vendors and teams that their damage fee is non-refundable. No wonder it's a shock. Glad to be able to communicate some of these details with you. Let me know if any of this is unclear. I hope you're having a great holiday weekend. Thanks, George. So that was George Abbott from the MRPP, the Memphis... Oh, what is it called? The Memphis River Parks Partnership. Here's what I take away from that whole letter that he wrote back to me. And I don't know, I'm not saying that George isn't telling the truth here. I'm just saying the thing that sticks out to me the most was this paragraph. Following the festivals, a third party jointly selected by the partnership and Memphis and May assesses and quotes the cost of repair with the remainder of the deposit returned to the festival organizers. But I understand that Memphis and May has communicated to its vendors and teams that their damage fee would be non-refundable. It's no wonder it's a shock. By the way, that's what they're talking about when they're talking about the $7,800 non-refundable deposit. So on this side of the fence, you have a guy saying, hey, we're holding this money, but less the damage repair, we refund back the deposit to the Memphis and May International Festival. However, Memphis has decided that whatever security deposit or damage deposit that they're asking teams and vendors is non-refundable from Memphis and May back to those folks. And according to George, it's no wonder that's a shock. Now, I did get an email from Randy Blevins of the Memphis and May International Festival. He did state that he was out of town for the holiday weekend and would not be back until this coming Thursday, two days from now. So I plan to have a call with him at some point Thursday, maybe Friday. We'll talk about what George wrote to me. I will obviously ask him about if the partnership is giving you back a refundable balance of whatever is left over after repairs are made. Why is not whatever the teams are paying, hence that 7800 for example, that $7,800, is there not some stipulation that says, hey, we're going to refund you back a percentage. Of, we don't know what it's going to be, but we got to wait to get the fixed bill of the park. And once we have that, then we'll be able to put that against all these teams. Times 78, there's going to be a balance due. We're going to split that up equally, and we're going to ship it back out to the teams. So while you have deposited $7,800, you're going to get back X amount. So you have a, a net deposit amount that you're going to have to incur, but nobody is going to know what that is until after we get the bill from the partnership. I'll ask him about that. Why is it non-refundable on one side, but the partnership is refunding Memphis and May back once they're done with repairs? And again, in years past, this has been a $53,000 deposit, which went to 1.4, and then, according to the partnership CEO, has been renegotiated down, and I'll get to that here in a sec. So, no official report from Memphis and May. However, as I had talked about 
with Malcolm. There was a release of the Memphis and May issues 2022 annual report and economic impact study at annual public meeting August 26th. I can... Can I? I can't. I just want to show you what I'm seeing here. Give me one second to put this on the screen. and Then you can read it. Oh, 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 oh. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not ready yet. Where's the, the screen? Oh, this is so aggravating. I know it's just a black screen sitting somewhere offline. No. Oh, all right. Well, it does appear that you might have to take my word for this because my desktop monitor isn't showing for whatever reason. I'll read you the bullet points. How about that? Oh, wait, here it is. Desktop capture, display two. There we go. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, The CEO says, hey, we're having, we're going to have this, Tom Lee Park next year. Because of ongoing renovations at Tom Lee Park, the festival presented two of the city's most popular large-scale events at the Fairgrounds in Liberty Park, a temporary location for one year. Attendance from both the Beale Street Music Festival and World Championship Barbecue Contest was down dramatically because of displacement from traditional riverfront home. For the first time in over 20 years, combined attendance for the two events fell below 115,000 by comparison. Both events attracted 175,330 attendees in 2019 and 100, almost 179,000 attendees in 2018. The result of the attendance decline, the organization reported a record-setting financial loss of $2.23 million, which I had mentioned earlier. That surpassed the most recent high water mark, which was when the event was completely canceled due to COVID that sustained a $1.8 million loss. And then you have the economic impact. So this year, the economic impact to Memphis, Shelby County, the economy, $72.9 million. Seems like a great number, right? Nope. 51% decrease from the record high of $149 million economic impact recorded in 2019. Not to mention all the people that they're employing, tax revenues, all that stuff. Now, this year, of course, they do well for the local establishments and hotels, things like this. But it was a loser here and the Memphis River Parks partnership has stipulated that Memphis and May must post a damage deposit of 1.4 million this is in addition to an increased rental fee despite a significant reduction in park space capacity and revenue potential for the annual flagship festival Memphis and May historically pays for all restoration fees associated with wear in the park on average the annual restoration expense has been $53,000 Over the past decade, the excessive fee would have a crippling impact on the organization. So we will talk to, hopefully me, I'll talk to Randy Blevins to get his side of the thing from Memphis and May. 
Hopefully that gets you up to speed. If you had just saw a Facebook post a little while ago and said, Hey, I had no idea what was going on in Memphis in May, but this is what's going on right now. You have one side now saying that the security deposit or the damage deposit is refundable, but Memphis in May is not refunding it, or they are turning their side of it into a non-refundable deposit, which is causing a lot of angst amongst the teams that it has nothing to do with the Memphis Parks portion of it. So we'll talk to, hopefully, Randy Blevins and get his side of the story. And now you're caught up. You're welcome. Before we wrap the first hour, I will talk to you about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. I'm actually getting ready to have a call with Jason Baker at some point this week, hopefully getting ready to pass on some great news, hopefully, but we'll see about that. You have two lines to choose from right now, a choice line and a prime line. Choice line for the folks, a little bit more frugal. You don't need all the Wi-Fi, app connectivity, internal meat probes, things like this. You can save some money. You can get a really great cooker. The Davy Crockett is the size that you can get. Really good for a family of five or six. If you don't entertain to a huge degree, it's going to accommodate everything you need. Now, if you want a little bit more of a robust build on the chassis, you want some Wi-Fi, you want app connectivity and the ability to control that cooker from your Barker lounger, the Prime Line is going to be one you want to take a look at. Both of them sold through dealers only. GreenMountainGrills.com. Find a dealer near you. And then get educated at the dealer. Pick and choose the best one that fits your needs. And you will have success right when you get home because you're educated by the folks that are selling it. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. They're helping you out. If you want some accessories or they don't have them at the dealer location, you can go to GreenMountainGrills.com and load up on accessories to complete the Green Mountain Grill cooking experience. It's all up to you. Find a dealer near you. Get educated. Go from there. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or you're a professional, the cooker you want to add to the arsenal, no question about it, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. We're going to do a quick wrap-up here so we can get to the top of the second hour stuff, which I am now two and a half minutes behind on. We thank Malcolm Reed for joining us in the first interview segment here at 914, and we thank me for catching everybody up on the Memphis and May trials and tribulations as we look into 2023. Deposits, non-refundable deposits, totally refundable deposits. This side says this, that side says that. Hopefully, we'll get updates to pass along next Tuesday. But we are pointing to the second hour. Refresh your libations. We'll be back right after this. Stick around.